Warning, the following podcast is a shit show, and the individuals you are about to meet are idiots. Their opinions, anecdotes, and advice contain zero nutritional value. This is the critical human condition and all of its strangeness. This is life, according to an idiot. Hello, everybody. Happy holidays. Welcome to another mini-sode from your two favorite little gangsters. Oh, is that what we... We have accumulated some street cred, I think. Hi, I'm Gangster Mo. Hi, I'm Gangster Jeremy. Oh, that was a good gangster voice. Hi, I am Gangster Jeremy, and I am nervous to be on the streets this late at night. Mm, I got my bop, bop, bop over here. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? I don't know. And I do it again. So we're pretty hard. You know, we're pretty tough. Uh, so that's why we're going to talk about <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> but we're not talking about regular St. Nicholas. We're talking about bad boy Christmas. We're this talking... is a bad boy Christmas. Oh, my really. God. This is a bad boy Christmas. Say hello to bad boy Christmas. This is like if Santa wore a leather jacket, but then also was the devil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, so let's uh, jump into this. Let's jump into. Bad boy Christmas. I love Christmas. Do you like Christmas? Okay. <laughs> I I always feel like a Grinch during Christmas time. It's a fine holiday. I like the sentiment behind it of like mm-hmm. being grateful for everybody, all of that, loving each other and spending time with each other. What I don't like about Christmas is the gift giving. Which, really? Which is the big part of Christmas. It's like the whole bit of Christmas. That's like Christmas. the whole Christmas thing, yeah. Yeah, I don't like it because I'm just very awkward with gifts in general i'm just stubborn when i give a gift to somebody i want it to be because i wanted to give them a gift i saw something and was like yes they require this thing yeah what's annoying about christmas is that i have to give somebody something and i have to think of something to give somebody and if i don't give somebody a gift then it means i don't like or care about them Okay, so you enjoy the act of gift giving, but you don't like the fact that Christmas sort of mandates gift giving. Exactly. Forces you. Being thoughtful is one thing. Being forced to be thoughtful is not the same. Exactly. Fair? That's fair. Thank you very much. Also, I don't like Christmas movies. That's a whole other thing. Okay, well... This conversation is over. Oh, actually, I watched um, a Christmas. We won't jump too much into Babel stuff here because um, this is a mini so that we you're listening to short. right now. But I watched that Christmas movie with Vanessa Hudgens that was like Princess Switch or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? You probably don't because no. you don't watch those things. And <laughs> nor should you because it was horrible (laughs) the princess switch which is vanessa hudgens playing both a princess with a fake accent and then also being a hometown girl and it was so bad no yeah the princess just wanted to experience being a normal girl and the normal girl wanted to be royalty for a few days and then they fell in love with their prospective male counterparts there's so many movies and books like that Mm -hmm. and then there is a sequel that I also watched immediately afterwards, Whoa. Princess Switch 2, where there was a third Vanessa Hudgens, but the third one was an evil one. It was like the evil cousin of Princess Vanessa. That's stupid. <laughs> that is stupid. Oh, and my God. she had God. like little henchmen. It was so Why bad. Why is that getting greenlit? It was so bad. So many people are struggling to get scripts greenlit in Hollywood, and there is a sequel mm-hmm. to that movie. They knew schlubs like me would watch uh, it. Hey, plenty of schlubs. Mm-hmm. 
So Christmas time. Why are we talking about Christmas time other than it being Christmas time? Because we're doing a Christmas time episode. Yeah, we thought we would explore some of the figures of Christmas, some of the uh, the icons, let's put it that mm. way, from across the globe. Just a handful, but everybody knows Santa Claus. Santa Claus is the figurehead of Christmas time. Right. You know? December, like the month of December is St. Nicholas. Yeah, he's holly and jolly. Uh Holly is not an adjective. Is holly it is, adjective? yeah. Holly? I'm feeling very holly. Holly and jolly. It's a holly jolly Christmas. It's a holly jolly. That's right. Okay. So holly jolly. Uh, the people we're going to talk about, not so holly and jolly. That's why I like this episode because it's distinctly unchristmas like I think I have the perfect alternative to Santa for you. Have you ever heard of Bellsnickel? Oh, no, I have. Oh, man. Belsnickel. Belsnickel. I'm not sure if it's Belsnickel or Belschnickel, but just to avoid. I like the latter. But I I want to avoid the tragedy in case that's not how it's pronounced. So Belsnickel is uh, from German folklore. It's definitely the latter. Belschnickel? Yeah. Belschnickel. That's it. I'm telling you. I'm giving you permission. Belschnickel looks like Santa, but if Santa was part of the state militia and like lived out in the woods and just dressed mm. in fur pelts. That's hot. And was dirty and angry and had a grudge. So you, like your dad. Like my father. Like many people's fathers. Yeah. Think of your father as a dirty, hairy man. Yeah. Grumbling around in the wilderness. And this is the Belschnickel. Belschnickel carries a sack filled with nuts and candy, which <laughs> he rewards to good children. Mm-hmm. So just like how Santa Claus, if you're nice, you get presents. If you're naughty, you get coal. Right. I always felt that coal is still a very useful material, you know? Back in like the 1800s, kids were probably like, oh, good, we have coal. We can keep warm. My, my dad doesn't have to go down to the coal mine and die because Christmas guy gave it to me That's and right. if you're strong enough like if you're a big strong boy like me if you just like crush it enough it turns into a diamond that's a fun science fact actually coal and diamonds are pure carbon they're both made of carbon molecules the difference is that diamonds are more closely compacted than coal and that's why they're different that's it that's the only difference between diamonds and coal is that they're more compacted mm-hmm. yep the atoms Diamonds are just more close together. So Belschnickel's appearance is commonly <laughs> portrayed as disheveled and dirty, resembling a crotchety old man dressed in grimy pelts and large fur coats. Along with his sack of treats, Belschnickel carries a switch, typically in the form of a birch rod or uh, simply a long, narrow tree branch suitable for whipping children with. Mm. So if you don't know switch, it means it's a, like a stick that you beat people with. Mean or misbehaved children would receive several lashes upon their back from Belschnickel's switch. The Belschnickel, I'm also kind of confused because from all the sources I found, sometimes his name is Belschnickel and sometimes he is the Belschnickel. Oh. So I'll say the Belschnickel. I feel like that sounds way cooler. The Belschnickel is kind of a foil to Santa Claus. Their ominous nature and less than jolly attitude contrasts Santa's benevolent and friendly persona that we all know. Mm-hmm. The Belschnickel arrives on Christmas Eve, usually making themselves known by tapping on the windows and doors with their switch. Wow. So first you just, it's like dark. It sounds like a Nintendo Switch. I know. Every, t- every time I say it, I'm like, yeah, like, there's like one big ad for Nintendo. Eventually, the Belschnickel enters the home, dishing out punishment to the naughty children with a gentle, supposed to be gentle, strike of the Switch. I'm just going to say beaten stick because every time I say Switch, I think Nintendo Switch. 
Um, and they also empty the contents of their sack of candy onto the floor for the good children to pick apart. Mm, that sound, that is a repulsive way of saying that. Throw my sack of they empty mostly their nuts. Sack. <laughs> it's like mainly nuts and berries. So here's my nut sack. I'm going <laughs> to empty it on the floor and you guys pick apart what you want from my nut sack. <laughs> the kids are like foaming at the mouth. They're like, yeah. Give me your nut sack. <laughs> the weird kid's like, beat me, beat me. <laughs> um, and so here's the catch though, is if the good, even if a good kid reaches for the candy like too eagerly Hmm. it could be perceived as like selfish or them being greedy and that can earn you a couple lashes from the belschnickel so it's like a very fine line to be on his good side i think he just is pissed off yeah looking for an excuse to use his piece i'm imagining him standing in the corner leering over them like like waiting for one you took it you took it too quick (laughs) (laughs) no 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 So uh, because of this, a lot. And the parents are where? Where are the parents? The parents are bound and gagged. Uh, <laughs> the Belgian nickel has left them in a closet. No, the parents are like, yeah, fuck yeah, come beat my kids. Yeah, and they're like, did you get him? He grabbed too eagerly. He got my- yeah, hey. But hey. so it's like, are you sure? Like, I'm be- I be- like, yes, yeah. get him. Just some guy they hired off of Craigslist, some like Belgian nickel impersonator. Mm-hmm. Beat him. He's doing fine. No, beat him. <laughs> Traumatic for the Belschnickel. Yeah. Um, so today in America, this tradition of Belschnickel is mainly kept alive in what's called Pennsylvania Dutch communities. Mm. I guess these are like German immigrants came to the Pennsylvania area. And so then they, there was a small community of like German people and they kept this alive. Mm-hmm. These celebrations were most active in the 19th century Pennsylvania Dutch country where groups of men would dress in Belschnickel schnickel attire and wander from farmhouse to farmhouse frightening children and leaving gifts often alcohol would be involved so it was a lot more like devil's night yeah some groups would go caroling dancing and beg for spare change which was called belschnickeling belschnickel costumes were often elaborate and slightly terrifying you can look at some old photos and like uh i mean all old costumes look terrifying yeah there's like an uncanniness to how gritty they look right paper mache faces and stuff um, a popular costume was, you know, a coat with a hood and stuff, but to wear this like specific demon mask with a long tongue that draped down. Don't like that. Right? That was Belschnickel, this guy with this uh, creepy face and a long droopy tongue. A long droopy tongue. I, yeah. Ugh, okay. In the late 1800s, stores in Pennsylvania Dutch communities sold more masks for Christmas Eve than for Halloween. That's how popular, Whoa. That's how popular Whoa. it was. And it's all just this long t- Are we sure this was used for Christmas with this long tongue? No, oh, oh, you plug it in. Um, plug it in? Sit, plug, it, plug it in, whatever, whatever ah, you can. So disturbed, I had to <laughs> kick the table. As time went on, belschnickling faded in popularity, and the act was reserved for actually the Halloween season and also New Year's Eve shenanigans. Nowadays, Santa Claus has taken the place of the belschnickel in these communities. But the tradition is still kept alive by many, mainly for the sake of cultural preservation. Yeah. I actually watched modern day people trying to belschnickel. So it was like a bunch of teenagers and kids in this rec center auditorium in the Pennsylvania area. And this guy that clearly works for like the park system comes out (laughs) in a bunch of dirty coats Mm -hmm. and he has like a whip. It was too creepy to be okay (laughs) nowadays. He's like, who wants to get whipped? This doesn't work in the 21st century. And he's like too weirdly into it. Yeah. Like he looks forward to it every year. That's his like favorite day where he can threaten children with whips. Yeah, yeah, because he can't hit them because it's, you know, 2020, but he still like jostles it towards them. He's like, yeah. And the kids are like, oh man. 
This is my culture. <laughs> what a lot of people, you too probably, might know the Belschnickel from is in a 2012 episode of The Office, Dwight Schrute dresses up as the Belschnickel oh. <laughs> in a failed yeah. attempt to spread holiday cheer at Dunder Mifflin. I, this completely escaped my brain. Because remember, The Office takes yes. place in Pennsylvania. Wow. That's such yeah. a fun little uh, bit that they did there. Let's go from German folklore to Icelandic folklore <gasps> wow. around Christmas time. You ever heard of, this sounds like a band, Gryla and the Yule Lads? No. In Iceland, uh, Christmas traditions merge with mythology. During Xmas, I mean Christmas, I just wrote Xmas. <laughs> uh, the, can you say Xmas out loud? Is that something you just write shorthand? Xmas. Xmas. It sounds like eczema to me. Eczema? You got the eczema? Eczema. The Xmas. During Christmas, the hungry giantess, giantess? The hungry giantess? Giantess? A female version of giant. How do you say that? Giantess. The giantess. That's what giantess? I said, Mom. Giantess? No, giantess sounds like a, like a medical thing. <laughs> giantess. A female giant called Gryla or Gryla. I'm going to say Gryla. Gryla leaves her home in a faraway cave to stalk the towns and cities of Iceland in search of food. But Gryla has a very specific appetite. Children. Oh. Um, so originating in Norse mythology, Gryla... Is it Gorilla? <laughs> I'm so fucking terrified. Whatever. Okay. Someone's going to know and they're going to be like, well, why is he saying Gryla? Uh, <laughs> Gryla has always been portrayed as enormous and repulsive with a large <laughs> appetite. In 13th century poems, she is depicted as a beggar who begs parents to give her their disobedient children to eat. And in those early poems and stories, Gryla is avoided by people giving her food or chasing her out of town. Oh, Gryla. Gryla. Get Guy here. Guy here. Guy here. Man. Go on. Midwestern dialect is beautiful. Guy here. Guy here. Guy here. Go on, get. Oh, yep. Uh, Gryla's legend was implemented into Icelandic Christmas lore sometime in the 17th century. And modern day Gryla has the ability to detect misbehaved children. Mm -hmm. At Christmas time, she leaves her home to hunt them, carrying bad children home with her in a large knapsack so she can cook them in a stew <gasps> for her lazy husband. Oh. She has a lazy husband. I think that's very funny. Right. Gryla lives in a cave near the, wait for it, Dimuborgir. <laughs> Lava fields with her husband, Lepaludi, <laughs> and a giant black cat called the Yule Cat, as mm. well as her 13 sons, known as the Yule Lads. And we'll what? get to the Yule Lads in a second. But first, let's talk about this Yule Cat. I like that. The Yule Cat. Yule Cat. It's a giant black cat. Ah, oh, that's fun. I feel like it just goes, Yule, Yule, Yule. Well, Yule is, I guess, the word for like Christmas. Yeah. Oh, you already knew that? Yeah. I thought I was enlightening you. Look at you with all your Christmas wait, knowledge. Wait, wait, say it again, say it again. Yule. What is Yule? I think Yule is their word for Christmas. <gasps> wow, that is very interesting, and that makes way more sense for the Yule boys. Yeah, Yule lads. Yule. Get it right. Yule lads. Yule lads. Because it's Christmas. Christmas lad. Cool. So I guess <laughs> so I guess the Yule cat is either giant or like the size of a large tiger. Uh, both are large. Big enough to be scary as fuck if you're driving a Volkswagen. Um, <laughs> a massive, I don't know. The Yule cat is a massive black cat who lurks about the wintry countryside during Christmas time, hunting and eating people who haven't received new clothes for Christmas. Wow. It's a very specific cat. Yeah, it's like a um, panther. 
Because that's what Panthers do. They look for price tags on your clothes. Well, I mean, a, a panther is a large black cat. Uh, you don't tell me about what I do. <laughs> that was, um, yeah, listen here, kid. You don't tell me what a panther is. Um, so the Yule cat won't harm you until Christmas Eve, however, which is apparently the deadline that this cat has for like new clothes. Hmm. The Yule cat is a more recent tradition, the earliest recorded example being from the 19th century. And it's believed that wool farmers use the Yule cat as a threat to workers to incentivize workers to process wool faster. The goal being to have all the wool harvested in the fall, processed and sold before Christmas. Farmers would reward hardworking employees with new clothes on Christmas Eve, thus sparing them from the Yule Cat's wrath. Wow. I need to know if anyone believed in this. I think kids probably did. It depends on how educated you were. But, like, imagine their thought process. Like, wow, these workers are really just not churning it out fast enough. How can we incentivize them? Oh, let's come up with a fictional large cat that will eat them unless they have new clothes, this will get them to be faster. Anything but a Christmas bonus check. Right. Anything. Anything but treating them humanely. Yeah, no. These are the wool oligarchs. Right, we must terrorize them. These are the Jeff Bezos of old Iceland. (laughs) Less violent folktales describe the Yule Cat as still targeting those without new Christmas clothes, but instead the Yule Cat steals and eats their Christmas dinner. Hmm. instead of their body. Right, I mean, compromise. The Yule Cat is said to prowl the streets on Christmas Eve night when everyone is inside celebrating with family and friends. Just like me. The <laughs> So emo. <laughs> the Yule Cat is said to peer into windows, checking to see who is dressed in old clothes. Once the cat has had its fill, it returns home oh, to Gryla. Oh, that sounds gross. Had its fill. It's like getting off like... <laughs> <laughs> Once it's gotten off, uh, I ate enough kids tonight. So pretty fun. Yes. Um, the Yule Lads. Hit me. Gryla has 13 mischievous sons, 13 little rascals. Mm, the little hooligans. I believe they are small in size because she's a giant, but I believe these are like little elf-like things. Oh, ew. I think. I don't like well, that. I imagine they snicker. Snicker? Snicker. <laughs> careful, careful. Snicker. Pronounce that K. Snicker. Um, <laughs> they definitely do. So these 13 boys visit households one by one during the 13 days leading up to Christmas. Hmm. Each night, children are encouraged to leave a shoe on their windowsills. The next morning, they discover presents and treats left inside the shoe by whatever you lad visited that previous night. If a child has been disobedient, the you lads leave a potato in their shoe. Hmm. Big insult. Big insult. <laughs> I don't know. The audacity. A, a spud. <laughs> you dare leave a spud in my Nike? <laughs> the Yule Lads arrive during, like I said, the 13 nights before Christmas, starting on December 12th, and they don't leave until Christmas Day when the first makes its departure. Mm-hmm. They then leave one per day in that order they arrived so mm-hmm. that each lad stays for 13 days in your house. And every day you get a new spud in your stocking. Yeah, I mean, I think this is pretty much just a way for the parents to play with the kids. The whole mm. point is that, like, this you lad does this. And so at night you'll hear, like, the you lad walking around. And then the next morning you'll have something in your shoe. So each you lad has their own little shtick, and they're all pranksters. So the list of the 13 canon you lads. Wow. There is rumor of some new artists on the scene. I'm not <gasps> sure what their names are. Here is the original you lads translated to English. So each of these names sounds very literal, but there's like an actual Icelandic word that sounds more pretty. Okay. Numero uno. 
Sheep Coat Claude. Mm-hmm. You excited, ladies? Mm-hmm. I am. December twelfth is when this swinging bachelor shows up in town, and he oh. harasses sheep and attempts to suckle milk from their udders. Oh God! But due to his two wooden, stilt-like legs, he is unable to bend down far enough to actually suckle. So he's just constantly blue balled, unable to Ew. suckle the milk. Ew! Um, I hate this image. Yeah, it only gets worse. <laughs> Next night, December thirteenth, who is at the door? But Gully. Gullygawk. <sighs> Gullygawk hides in a ravine until the family is asleep, then breaks into cow sheds to suck the foam that forms at the top of fresh buckets of milk. <sighs> just the foam? Just the foam. He's not selfish. He's just particular. Mm. All of these you lads clearly came about back when farming was more popular. I don't know about you, but I have a jug of milk sitting just out all, every yeah, day. Unpasteurized. Mm-hmm. Straight from the teat. Ew. So huh. uh, on December 14th, <laughs> Look out, here comes Stubby, (laughs) an unusually short imp who breaks in at night, bangs pots and pans in the kitchen, and steals dirty pots to eat the crusty residue off of them. Mm. He comes in, starts making a ruckus. Here comes Stubby. Looking for your most dirty pot, and he just starts eating it up. Uh, Night number four, December 15th, Spoon Licker arrives. Oh, wow. He steals and licks dirty... Sp- I don't even need to really explain that one, but he steals and licks <laughs> dirty spoons. And apparently he is emaciated from malnutrition because his diet consists of spoon leftovers. Wow. Moving right along, night five, December 16th, you get a visit from Pot Scraper, and he steals and eats leftover food. That's all he does. <laughs> uh, then December 17th, Bowl Licker. He hides under beds and waits for people to set food bowls on the floor so he can lick them clean. So he's hiding under a bed in the other room. The family's eating dinner. Mm. And, you know, I'm all done with my plate. There's still some left. Put it down for Sparky to lick from. Give it to the dog. Mm. They sit on the floor. In a blink of an eye, it's all gone. (gasps) That was bowl liquor. That was bowl liquor. Bowl liquor's done it again. It's definitely not the dog. Definitely not the rats. No, it's definitely not made up. Uh, so number seven, December 18th, Door Slammer is here and he's fucking slamming doors, as you can imagine, in the middle of night. I meant it like the parents. It's just the parents just wanting to freak the kids out. Right. Like they're going around tiptoeing. This is the only reason. Banging on pots, stealing bowls, slamming doors. This is the only reason I would have a child so I could do this fuckery. Traumatized, yeah. Mm -hmm. I could just traumatize them. Uh, After Door Slammer, there is... December 19th, Skier Gobbler. Now, Skier, S-K-Y-R, is a kind of like yogurt. Ah. It's like a spinoff of yogurt that is really popular in Iceland. Skier Gobbler, as you can assume, has an affinity for cultured dairy, that being Skier. And um, he just loves Skier. He just eats whatever Skier you got in the house. hate that. I'm not a fan of yogurt, so... I am not kind either. Kind of cringy. Uh, December 20th, Sausage Swiper. He hides in rafters and steals smoked sausages. This is back when people just smoked sausages casually, mm. probably for a living. Then after that, December 21st, Window Peeper. He just looks into your windows to steal stuff. Fair. You know, hey. Gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. And then the next night, Doorway Sniffer. He's got a big nose and he can smell through doors. Oh. As the more we get on, the less I have to say about these people. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. The next night, it's Meat Hook. <laughs> <laughs> I love a lot the mic. The Meat Hook. He's he sticks a long hook down a chimney and steals meat that you're cooking in your fireplace, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, so um, he just sort of uses his tool 
He was named after his tool. And then uh, on, the, on the last okay. night, and this is sometimes the most feared of the Yule Lads. Hmm. This is Candle Stealer. <gasps> on Christmas Eve, all he wants to do is eat candles. So he'll follow the kids around. But also, in the morning, he leaves the biggest gift. So it's like the best for last. Mm. So yeah, he'll eat your candle, but he'll also give you a Nintendo Switch. Ah, okay. So like, for example, Door Slammer Mm -hmm. goes around and slams doors, but he leaves a gift afterwards. Yeah. But all those gifts are probably smaller, like stocking stuffers, Mm -hmm. like candy and like a yo-yo. So you have a parent getting on all fours, licking a bowl, Mm -hmm. and then leaving a little gift behind. Yep. Like, thank you so much. It's like a psychological that. boot camp. Yeah. 13 nights of terror. But with gifts afterwards. Yeah. So it's really confusing because mm-hmm. like, I was rewarded for going through this. That's how you get like the anxious avoidant attachment style. <laughs> yeah. The therapists will probably have a lot to say about this. <laughs> those those were just some of the kooky Christmas characters from across the globe. And uh, I believe you have one, a very I'm, popular one. I'm going to be talking about Krampus. Uh, if you have not heard of Krampus. Krampus before. It is a half goat, half demon monster mm. that punishes misbehaving children at Christmas time. Oh. Very hot. Um, it's very steamy. Yeah. It really gets the children going. Gothic. Yeah, it's a very fun time. He is described I'm assuming it's a he. Big uh, of you to assume. I'm gonna assume this this creature's gender. <laughs> is uh he is detailed to have a mangled face with bloody eyes and a black fur body. Mm. So very devilish looking. It just looks just the devil. Yeah, it just looks like the devil. And it's the like you're saying the foil to Saint Nicholas. The opposite. Right. So Saint Nicholas is the patron saint of children, known for generosity and rewarding the good. And then Krampus is the opposite of that. He is very bad, evil. And mm-hmm. then disciplines bad children. Dirty bastard man. Dirty bastard man. So he came from Germany, supposedly, as Krampen is the German word for claw. Oh. And he has big old fat claws on him. Scary. Mm-hmm. So the history behind it is thought to have come about from pagan rituals for the winter solstice. And according to legend, he's the son of hell, the Norse god of the underworld. Mm. So with Christianity, he became associated with Christmas despite the Catholic Church trying to ban him, which I thought was very funny. (laughs) There are like different points in time because this was like Germany, Austria area where it was very Catholic for a while. And they they tried to just ban him outright. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, hmm. How about we don't do that and we just like keep celebrating this devil man anyway? <laughs> and so he like survived, which I think is very fun uh, and rebellious of everybody. But the story basically with Krampus is that he arrives on the evening of December 5th, which is known mm. as Krampus Night. And then originally the St. Nicholas holiday, um, St. Nicholas Day is December 6th. Okay. So you would have Krampus Day and then St. Nicholas Day where you get all the presents and stuff like that. Okay, that's cool. So it's also interesting too because you're seeing like a connection with all these things where it's like the good thing happens on the day of. Santa Claus comes on Christmas. He comes on St. Nicholas Day, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's always the night before that like his companions show up. Which is like kind of gross <laughs> if you think about it. Because it's like you have this super nice guy, St. Nicholas, and it's like, okay, you're going to torture these kids so that I seem like way better like i'm yeah. just like so much better yeah because if he's planning it that's um really abusive right fuck you saint nicholas to prove that i'm great i'm going to 
have someone be terrible to you. Mm-hmm. So the deal with Krampus is that the day before St. Nicholas Day on Krampus night, he beats naughty children with branches and sticks. So these are specifically birch sticks. Oh, so a lot like Belschnickel. In some cases, he will kidnap the children in a satchel and he will eat them or take them straight to hell. Damn, that's metal. That's very metal. So he became a popular pop culture reference in the 1800s as he began appearing on greeting cards. And greeting cards were like a super big thing at that time. Like he always got like greeting cards for everybody. So the fact he was showying up on greeting cards was like a big thing. Okay, yeah. He's becoming the Mickey Mouse of the holiday. Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. He would be seen as looming over children or pursuing very... uh, well-endowed women so he was like a sex symbol (laughs) for a while horny yeah it was just very strange he would like kidnap and eat children but then also like viciously fuck people (laughs) it was just yeah people like what they like sure there's a main festival which is known as krampus run Mm -hmm. which is the main dealio with krampus yeah which is a festival on krampus night (laughs) where it began with drunk men running around scaring children and has now as evolved Vigard's great people dress up as krampus as this creature okay, cool and they drink and they get really drunk yeah and they parade around through the streets scaring people and children all around them it's, it's like christmas after hours mm-hmm. it's like more adult yeah exactly cool. i like that kind of stuff yeah i like that stuff too it's actually like still like a really big thing in europe Mm-hmm. They like go all out <laughs> with like people just wandering around the streets in like these costumes. And I just think that's cool. Hilariously bizarre. Just like, Best, oh my yeah. God, this is Christmas. This is culture. Krampus. Krampus. Um, but yeah, I think that pretty much closes up what we're going to yeah, want to talk just, about. Just on a this fun episode. little um, Christmas traditions. And with this unprecedented time, I hope mm. that everybody is doing well and going to have a good Christmas. And all of that jazz. Times like these, it's important to look ahead and and remember that you may not be with the loved ones that you wanted to be on Christmas because of the pandemic, but you can still find ways to through through FaceTime and Zoom and mm-hmm. just a phone call. It just I think it just makes next year hopefully much more sweeter because there will be a reunion. Mm-hmm. You know, there will be another holiday with your friends and families. Right. And if you don't like holidays, then maybe you're digging this not seeing your family. <laughs> so maybe there's a perk to that. I don't right. know. Next year, you can suckle the cow's teats with your family. Next year, if your wooden legs let you bend down far (laughs) enough, you can suckle that teat and have a great Christmas. And I hope everybody has a happy and safe holidays, no matter what you subscribe to. Um, And a happy new year, because everybody likes a new year. Everybody's into a new year. Oh, especially after 2020. Oh, God. Oh, God. So if you liked this episode and... Would like to give us any suggestions for podcast topics or general feedback, you can send us an email at according to an idiot at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook and Instagram at according to an idiot and a Twitter at idiots accord. We also now have merch as this episode will be going up. Hopefully, it will be actively available on an Etsy store that we will include in our link tree. So you can find that anywhere else I just mentioned. Yes. It'll be little, fun? little, little things. So if you yeah. feel like supporting us, we 
We are going to do Patreon for a long time and we probably still will, but this is another way for you to support us if you would like to do that. Right. That would be really cool and it'll be hopefully just in time for Christmas. Yes. Yeah. We do have a, a Patreon set up, but we haven't um, had time to figure out any tiers or rewards and stuff like that. So that's going to be like more of a long-term thing. But if you want to check it out, there will also be a link to that in our link tree. Anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I hope you guys all have a have had a decent December. And holiday season and let's all be a holly jolly Ooh. to each other and get through this together we're we can all do it. in this together i just want bell schnickel to come and just beat the shit out of us <laughs> all right i will see you in time mm.